in this week's show. As the National League South is made null and void, Epsom United midfielder Adam Mickey gives us his thoughts from a player's perspective. It's just disappointing, really, that it was, it was kind of down to a breakdown of communication and, and a breakdown to, to funding. And as the Isthmian League and Scaffold follow suit, we discuss what that means for the rest of our clubs who could still get promoted. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, brought to you in association with SCSA Sports Management. Now, thankfully, not a lot has happened since we recorded last week's show. Uh, who am I trying to kid? Another crazy week in the world of non-league football, with lots of debate flying around, legal action and lots more besides. As always, I'm John Phipps. Yes, that's him off the telly. And on the line now is a man who's going to reveal at some point in the show the name of his dog. Matt Gerard, how are you? And as I'm literally always more concerned about now, how is the dog? Good. Yeah, she settled in pretty well. Um... We didn't actually discuss what what breed is she? Mini Schnauzer, miniature Schnauzer. So yeah, little black miniature Schnauzer. So um, uh, one mother-in-law's got miniature Schnauzer. We like miniature Schnauzers. So that's what it is. She settled in. I mean, we had a couple of accidents, but of course, with the thing about going back to school and things, we've got to make sure that she's coping okay when we will leave everything back to normality. So, um, but yeah, she settled in well. So very nice, thank you. Good. Enjoying walks along the seafront, is she? Uh, we can't take her out for another couple of weeks. Oh. So it basically runs around the garden. Brilliant. So yeah, so yeah, so I hope we, you know when the weather's it weather's been nice, but she likes running around the garden. No, we can't take her out for I think two weeks today, I think we can. So that might be but we should only go out for five minutes because she's only got little legs. But we had a few guesses for the name uh, sent in last week. Uh, a couple of people went for the obvious. Uh, the the dog was of course called Lee Worthy. Yeah. Uh, that's Incorrect, uh, as you are about to reveal, I'm sure. He wasn't an early, ni- well, he wasn't early 90s legend, I suppose. He is your all-time hero. So... He is my all-time hero, yeah, but I couldn't call him after uh, um, after that great man. Uh, but... What was the other suggestion? There was another suggestion somewhere, uh, but that was the main one, Lee Worthy. So um, having thought about it a bit more over the past week, I now have decided that I know if I was going to go for a uh, to name a dog after what you have named yours after uh, or the sort that sort of era I would have gone down a different path but Matt please tell everybody what is your dog called my dog is called Scalacci after Toto Scalacci the leading goal scorer of the Italia 90 World Cup I've always said that if I've had a dog when I was in Italia 90 was on I'd always call it Scalacci now, and everybody's going, oh, it's a boy's name, but you've got a girl. But no, because Scalacci is a surname. <laughs> and my wife will call it Latchy because she, she doesn't want to know. She's got no interest in Toto Scalacci started playing football in my back garden. She asked, why is there a bloke playing football in our back garden? She won't realise it's Toto Scalacci. But so that's um, from that. She'll, she will call it Latchy, but I call it Scalacci. I think it's a cool name. Some people think, Ugh. Now, if I was naming a dog after a hero from Italia 90. There'd only be one possible name for this dog because, yeah, it's Toto Scalacci, top scorer and all that. But you're telling me that you, as a 13-year-old, didn't fall a little bit in love with Roger Miller at that World Cup? Oh, I could have done, yeah, Roger Miller. I thought about Baggio as well. I could have got Baggio. If I got another dog, I could have, I could have Scalacci and Baggio. What about that Cameroonian fella who cut Kanija in half? He was my favourite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody, somebody did mention that. Somebody said that to me. Oh, that's what... Was it Omar Baik? Was it? Yeah, 
he said about he he texted me and asked what it was and I gave it away. I know he's a regular listener and he said it was the guy who who um, cut down uh, Maradona. It might be on my text there. Actually, I think Oman Baik was the lad who scored the goal yeah. uh, in the game. It wasn't him uh, who made the X-rated challenge. Quality challenge. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm all for it, but that was... Uh, Benjamin Massing. Yes, that's him. Benjamin Massing. Yeah, so, yeah. But that's yeah, now, if you, if you are of a younger, uh, if you are younger than, than 30... And you've never seen that tackle by Benjamin Massing on Claudio Canizia. Uh, I implore you to go and find it because it is one of the greatest challenges you've ever seen. And I, I have such fond memories of, of, of that because I, I'll always remember, and I may have said this on the show before, but uh, I was obviously at school. I was eight when Italia 90 was on. And um, I always remember that my uh, my parents were decorating the living room. Uh, during the during the, the the tournament, and I came home from school on that first afternoon afternoon when they played at the San Siro, and uh, my mum had written in pencil on the bare walls, "Welcome to Italia '90," and I just loved it. I, I loved it, it, was, it was, I, for an experience. Never mind the quality of football, for an, an experience. It's never been topped for me for a World Cup. I loved that World Cup. Yeah, it, it was again. I've always. Kalachi, do you think it's a cool name? Some people said it was. It was no around that era, and other people aren't. It's it's all right. It, it'll do. It's, I, I'm never gonna probably never gonna meet the dog, so it can be just called what it's want, what it yeah, wants, exactly. can't it? Yeah. So yeah, I, I, my wife thinks it's a, you know, she, all I had the choice was to choose to choose the name. So what do the girls think of it? Do they like it? Yeah, they're, they're fine with it. Yeah, they're fine yeah. with it. It's good. It's Kalachi, Lachi, So yeah. That's what the matters then. As long as, exactly. as long as as long as the Gerards are happy I reckon I'm, and I little Scalacci in the country whose dog is called Scalacci. Yeah, I and call the, it Rover, and there's hundreds of Rovers. But as long as little Scalacci Gerard is happy in her way, yeah, then we're absolutely exactly, yeah. fine. Keep, I'll keep you know if she starts chewing the furniture or chewing the walls and or shows remarkable football skills. She, she does chase a ball, which is good. It's good a bit stuff. like I used to do. It's our 160th episode this week, which will have been a lovely checkout in darts. Is the number of characters in a standard SMS. Kids these days will never understand the heartache of running out of space when you try and send a text. Shanghai, 160. No, that's 120. 160, triple 20, triple 20, double top. Uh, Although I would imagine, though, Matt, and you've got children, most kids these days try not to use anywhere near 160 characters for anything, do they? No, no, TikTok and all that rubbish. So, yeah, can't think of anything. Uh, 160 is also what you get if you add up the first 11 prime numbers. And it was the number for Dial-A-Disc, which was operated by the post office in the United Kingdom and enabled callers to hear the latest chart hits between 1966 and 1991, which is another thing the kids would never understand. You used to phone up and listen to the music. Apparently, in 1981, there were 200 million calls to the Dial-A-Disc service. I've had a bit of fun this afternoon reading up about it. I implore anyone else like me who's too young to really appreciate it to do exactly the same. Matt, did you ever phone up and listen to music? No, but I used to ring the Beezer Homes League club call and got told off by my mum and dad all the time. 089, 0891, 12, 11, 51. And things like Beezer that. Beezer Homes League. Dennis Strudwick used to do it. And I used to get in so much trouble. Matthew, why have you been on five minutes to the... Because that's the beginning of what... That must have been early 90s, wasn't it? Basically, all you could get your information was from club call. And yes, and, and, and of course, following Dover, oh, what's the city have sold somebody? I think I found out that we signed Joe Jackson it was a quality midfielder from Worcester City by rigging that number. Dad, Rose, 
Joe Jackson for 15,000. Have you found that out? I've just cost us 15,000 <laughs> on the bloody call. But yeah, club call. I used to love club call. Um, th- those club call headlines really were a, a forefather of the sort of stuff that we see from local newspapers these days as well, weren't they? Uh, anything, yeah, I'm, yeah. I must have, I'd love to see the bills back. I know I got a rollicking. Why are you reading this number? Probably two minutes after I rang it before, hoping something would change. Yeah. Unbelievable. Of course, Club Call was how Matt Gerald got his big break in journalism. Yeah. We, we've discussed that before. Anyway, on with the show. And let's start by talking about what I ended up sort of talking about last week. Kevin had to insert into the show after some more typical timing from any footballing body. So it was on Thursday evening last week, the National League announced that following the vote, the National League and the two regional decisions will be treated separately. And the top division would be continuing, but the North and South are to be ended immediately and declared null and void. As you might expect, this news has caused a big divide. I definitely think it's fair to say this issue is non-league football's Brexit. It was a close vote and those who feel they've lost are making themselves heard. Probably shouting the loudest are Dorking Wanderers, leaders of the National League South. And among the many things they have done this week, they are one of 18 clubs to sign a letter to the National League, imploring those who voted to continue to be able to play on. That's three times I've used the word implore or imploring in this podcast. Uh, that. 18 does include the three Kent clubs who want to play on, which is Dartford, Ebbsfleet United and Welling United. How that will work, I've got no idea. It could be one division, two divisions or whatever, but there is an appetite for those clubs to continue. It is a viewpoint I wholly understand, and given, especially given that last season, even despite the league effectively ending in March, there was still promotion and relegation. So I do really understand where these clubs are coming from. But what doesn't sit well with me is some clubs' attitude to it all. When we know that if they were in a different situation, they would not be pushing for this to happen. I had a bit of a debate on social media over the weekend with it saying, you know, I I think that people are are looking out for themselves, which is completely understandable. And and I have to admit, this is very childish me, but there is a little part of me that kind of hopes a couple of clubs from outside the county do get their way and then fail to get the promotions uh, that they want just to see how they react. Uh, Matt, you've had almost a week to digest this bit of news and I need you to put on two different hats to discuss this. So first of all, Matt Gerard, Dover Athletic fan, what are your thoughts on this? It's still more of a farce than it was. We expected this to happen, didn't we, that the South and North will go. Don't know why the 18 clubs, you know, I'm picking on Dorking because they said they're saying the legality of the vote was wrong, but why did they vote for it and not abstain? Doesn't make any sense. So how are they going to get around this? I've got absolutely no idea. <laughs> I've got no idea. And it's all going to kick off um, when it does. So, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, Obviously, crazy. Matt, if w- with the resolution being as it is, uh, the big winners in all of this are a team who play in white shirts, black shorts in the Crabble area of Dover. <clears throat> so that does make make an impact because the, the, they have said in the statement there will be no promotion from the National League South and North and therefore no relegation from, from the National League, which um, is an issue again, especially because of the odd number of teams in that league. But Dover are the big winners in this, aren't they? No, because I'm sure Dover are going to be chucked out of the league, I would have thought, at some stage. <laughs> uh, no, I think they're going to make an example of Dover and unless Jim's going to go to the, the courts as well on this, I would have thought we've got problems. So, you know, you're, Dover needs Southern side, if they if they think they can stay up, is getting other sides to support them. Kings Lynn are thinking about stopping after this, but nobody else seems to be. Well, they have seen Wildstone have furloughed some players, haven't they? Yeah, but I still don't think... Um, I, I still think there'll be an issue with... I, I don't think other clubs are probably waiting. What's going to happen to Dover? If Dover are going to get chucked out, we're going to carry on playing with me and you up front. Brilliant. Where, where do so, I sign? Exactly. So, 
Yeah, I, I'm expecting Dover to be relegated because they're going to make an example of them. So, uh, on that basis. Uh, now, as a football fan, uh, not a Dover Athletic fan, who's, who, the future of his club is in no way sorted by this. These 18 clubs that want to play on, should they be able to, to play on and, and find a way to make a solution to the season? No penalties for those who don't want to play on and they get a, a result which but they've, they, they, they've worked towards. And as we said, the letter that they've sent to Mark Ives, who is the general manager of the National League, makes some really, really good points. I'll just surmise some of it. Uh, they say that the promotion and relegation within the National League system is a fundamental value which the league has worked for over the years. And they feel it's important uh, for the relationship with the EFL, the promotion relegation be retained. Uh, they said they point out that last year, although clubs voted to end the season, the playoffs and all smash promotion places were still sanctioned. That could ha- that, that should happen to maintain the integrity of the overall competition. Uh, the points we've made a couple of times everyone that took the money for October, November and December and FA grant funding to, to get going and they feel that they have an obligation to complete the season having taken that money. They have invested considerable sums by entering into contracts, taking on liabilities, whether the season will progress to a full conclusion. Uh, supporters, season ticket holders, commercial partners have demonstrated a great amount of goodwill and faith by retaining season tickets accepting their club their interaction with the club will be remotely and digitally rather than what they signed up for. Um, and null and void would lead to a, a number of refunds and, and a big commercial hit. A null and void scenario would have negatively impact the mental health of our supporters and their communities, they say. And they just end by saying, in summary, we respectfully request that the league strongly consider the two divisions at step two continue playing their season either separately or as one. We believe this is in the best interest of all National League members, allowing the league to cater to the needs and drivers of all clubs in a sympathetic manner, allowing those who wish to continue to do so and those who cannot or do not wish to continue to end their season. So hearing it like that and if you look at it as a, a take everything else out of it any club loyalties they make a point a fair point don't they yeah yeah yeah. i can see where these clubs are coming from they've played for all this time um i can see it but again the rod off the back is just the national league being so spineless in all of this that these clubs think they can probably get a chance and a lot of people say that south shield i think it was they went took a big court to the fa and they didn't get anywhere will these get anywhere um Fylde and Dorking, they're the main players in this, aren't they? I would say they're they're up there. And I would say Gloucester City are, are, are yeah. very vocal on this as well, Matt. Um, again, they've got to make a decision sooner rather than later because where are you going to fit all these games in? Or are they hoping they get to a point that we can just have pay-per-view pay, points per game as they did last season? So, um, yeah, I can see where they're coming from. Um, unless... The only thing I can do on this, the National League might say, right, you can start again, all those 17 teams, you play each other once and whoever comes on top, you know, win, gets promoted and that gets the number up in the National League and you've got your 24 teams. Again, could they do that? Or would they want, they want everybody up? I see Steve King was saying about you'd have more promotion in the North and less in the South. Or sorry, more in the South and less in the North. So, I've got absolutely no idea. The organisation of the National League to sort out these 17 teams is probably beyond them if they can't think to organise anything else. <laughs> well, and, and I think as well, the, the other thing as well is with, with the teams, obviously taking Dover out of the equation because as we understand it, they are not playing. It's as, it's as simple as that. And Kings in perhaps as well. But there are teams at the at the bottom of the table in the, in the National League who would surely, if they know there's no relegation, just give up. Uh, some would say looking at Barnet losing 5-1 at Kings in that's already happening um, but 
the integrity of the top league, if there's no relegation, is going to be in all sorts of bother, isn't it? And and you, we we always wanted to avoid the scenario of, of youth teams and Matt Gerrard's playing in these matches. But if these teams, if it's going to happen where clubs have no threat of relegation and they're just going to play on blindly, they it, someone will do it. Someone will just say, right, well, I'm not going to spend any more money on this season. And they're just going to let it go, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And, and it needs to be sorted out. And they need to come out now, the National League, and say what we're doing. For Dover, we are doing X, Y, Z, they'll be, et cetera, and see what other clubs do. Um, I'm not going to make, make an example of Dover because I don't really want that. But for the whole league, they've got to make a decision and make a decision fast because we're never, it's been a week since the announcement, is it, near enough? Next week, week tomorrow, is it? So, you've got to, so you're not going to be playing this weekend, are you? So then you're no. looking... Um, and, and the thing is as well, with going back to what I said about the integrity of the competition, I'm looking at the teams who are, I'm looking at the fixtures for the final day of the season. Uh, obviously, Hartlepool United are, are going to be a team who are in contention. They're supposed to be at home to Dover. That's probably not going to happen. Altrincham against Torquay, that's all the uh, another promotion team. Barnet against Sutton. Now, Barnet, if they're told, well, there's no relegation, there, there's every chance that Barnet won't, won't give a monkeys about that. And then Sutton could just swoop in, get the points they need and, and be promoted that way. And I think... <laughs> that is going to cause a real problem. So I think I think they need to find a way to have relegation and promotion between the, the National League for the integrity of that. Whether it be that they now look at it and just say, well, we'll do the playoffs or, or, or whatever. But I just think there's enough time now. And, and I suppose those clubs are saying, we are willing. We don't want the money. We don't need the money. We just want to play football. And therefore, as a result, should, should the National League and the FA be trying to find a way to make this happen? Well, you, you would have thought, looking at when they took the playoffs last time, it was the end of July, looking at the roadmap that seems to be a little bit better, that they could carry on and maybe bring it back. But have Fans from the 17th of May, isn't it? So, yeah, so, 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 but by the 1st of June, you'd expect fans in to do it. But can you, I suppose you don't have to put flaw in the ointment, could be, if the other league's coming up. Because could you then still have relegation from Conference North and South? If steps three to six, but we think you're thinking that's another part of this. We will come on to that uh, later on in the show because uh, before that, we do have something else that we want to play you because I said, I'm so confused. It's just ridiculous. I know you are. It's all right, Puppet. Don't worry. Uh, As I've said, FC United are among the 18 clubs who are up for the season continuing. And given the way they were relegated last year, they more than any other side, I really feel, have a case. But what's it like for a player to be going through this? Fleet midfielder Adam Mecky gave his view on social media. And I was delighted that he was able to expand on that and discuss all things Fleet when I spoke to him on Tuesday afternoon. So here he is, Adam Mecky. And I started by asking if he was frustrated at how the season has currently ended. Yeah, I think we went to, you know, we went to such such lengths to, to get the season um, up and running. Uh, um, and discussions took place and whatnot. And I was, you know, we waited so long last summer to um, to get back to, to playing football once the season got called off what, what was it March last year um, and then we wait you know we got got the ball rolling and things were you know it was a bit stop start you know with COVID and t- the testing protocols and stuff like that but I think us as players we were just happy to, to be out there and, and have you know we were the lucky ones that managed to have you know we managed to keep fit we were playing we were doing what we love doing um, so it was you know it, 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 despite what was going on around us it was nice to have our kind of little bubble that was that was continuing um playing football and then for it to obviously um break down um due to funding and, and teams not being able to it was just really you know disappointing that that was the outcome and, and that wasn't 
know, that wasn't sorted out prior to the season starting because a lot of teams I know came out publicly and said, you know, if we knew the terms and conditions of the loan grant situation, um, we wouldn't have started the season. So it was just disappointing, really, that it was it was kind of down to a breakdown of communication and, and a breakdown to to funding, which you know, which was which was the most disappointing part, really. Do you feel that there's a sense of everything you've done, everything you've put in, has has been for nothing? Do you know what? As, you know, as players, when you you work hard, you know, all week to try and to, to perform on a Saturday or Tuesday night, whenever, and you know, people, especially like goal scorers, for example, you know, you could have the season of your life. Um, some some players are onto you know double figures goals wise, especially in stats. And then for all that to kind of just be, you know, dismissed and be like, well, it, it never happened. You know, it's it's hard to, it's hard for for players, you know, and um, and uh, yeah, it's 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 a difficult one because, as I said in my in my tweet, I understand, you know, that teams cannot continue without fans and, and the funding, but you know, as players, it's just hard to to have all that hard work um, kind of just amount to nothing, really. And I guess from a fleet point of view, you, you seem to be finding your feet under the, under the new manager, and you were in quite good form. And now it's, it's just like you you were just getting there, getting back up to where you want to be, and now it's all been halted. Uh, yeah, I think um, you know the manager came in, um, and it was a it was a it was a real shock, and especially com- comparison to last season. You know the style of football um, that we were playing. Um, you know the manager now he's very. You know, he knows what he wants. He's very clear about what he wants. He has a certain style style of playing, um, and you know that's that's that. So I think it took, it did take a while for you know I think him as a manager as well to adapt to certain things in England and us as players to adapt to the way and what he wanted. Um, you're right. Yeah, I think you know we we were hitting a, a, a good patch and a good run of, of form. Um, the games were coming thick and fast and I think that again helped us because you know once you once you on a winning streak what you need is a game after game after game and we went for a little patch there and then obviously that got broken down again for the two weeks break that we had and then came back managed to get um you know a win or and then well, it was unfortunate loss on on the on the last Tuesday against Welling but you know it was just and the, and then the season was sort of called none and void then just before a big game against Dorking, which we were obviously all looking forward to, and that would have been real, you know, real battle against the two two good footballing teams. And you personally as well, how were you feeling about your own form? Um, for me personally, um, my my performances have kind of gone. I think how the season's gone a bit stop start. Um, you know, you get, as you said, you know, you get into a run of good of good form, start playing well, like squads. Um, and then you know it's just we get the two week break and I get a little injury at Slough and it's just it's just really frustrating for me personally. Um, obviously, in the back of my mind, I'm still thinking, do you know what? There's still a lot of football to be played. Um, I think we we're on 15 or 16 um, league games, so there's still a lot of football to be played. So there's always time to, you know, once you get one run stopped, you can sort of build up to another run. Um, but again, it's just you know gutting really that that can't. That can't happen now, and you just got to kind of look back at what you have done and what you know, reflect on your own performances and your own analyze yourself, and go from there. Really, 
You spoke about Dennis and obviously the difficulties of him coming in. How hard was it for a new manager to come in, bring in a complete different style of play during the, the lockdown period as well? It must have been really difficult for him and for the players. Yeah, I think, you know, it was, you know, I've got to take my hat off to, to Dennis. Um, you know, credit where credit's due. He's come in and, and there's one, there's, you know, he's got a, cl- a clear, clear philosophy and a clear way that he wants to play. Um, and it doesn't matter, you know, what, what sort of strengths that you've come from, you know, different clubs or what you've done in the past or, you know, different roles that you've played, you know, he has a style and he, and he says, this is what, this is what he wants. And, you know, you work hard every day on the training pitch to, to adapt to that. And yeah, it has been difficult, obviously, you know, um, again, like, as I say about, you know, the stop start of, of the season and how it's, uh, how it's panned out. But yeah, I suppose it has been, you know, he's, he's come in and he's just kind of said, you know, this is, this is what I want. You know, go and go and go and um, implement it on the pitch. I guess with obviously how Ebbsfleet were relegated last season, the fact that you've been robbed of the chance to to get back up must must be an extra make it extra hard for you. All. Yeah, I think the whole you know for as it for a club Ebbsfleet United in the, for the, the past sort of twelve twelve months has been really uh, you know you felt like you're on the sort of the wrong side of, of the of the lucky stick really. Um, just you know, with the way we got way we got relegated last season, especially with the you know again the form that the form that you know Ebbsfleet were in towards the last sort of ten games of the season last season, it was you know it was real hope and real a real chance, and they thought you know what they could you know we could claw claw out ourselves out of this, um, but again yeah to be you know stop stop short of the of the finishing line and then gone points per game. I can't remember what it was. It was 0.02 it's or something. Nothing, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it, that's the sometimes that's the way it goes. And you, you know, you can't help it. And, you know, again, credit where credit's due. I think, you know, Ebsfleet could have could have taken it, taken it to a legal battle and, and dragged it out, which would have delayed the season even further while this was going on. But kind of accepted it. Um, said right, well let's rebuild. Let's right give the you know conference south a, a right good go. Get a squad of players in together. Um, and yeah, I mean obviously again it's it was completely different um, philosophy to what we were used to. And, and you know it was there was there was expectation now on absolutely was before I think you know in the previous season being bottom of the league throughout the majority of the season it was you know if, if you get a win brilliant. If not, oh we're still you know bottom of the league. That was the kind of mentality behind it but now you know we came into the conference south and you know stayed full time made some really good signings um and there was pressure on us to deliver um both from the you know from the manager from from higher up from the supporters and and and, and everyone looking in from outside um so yeah it was something that we had to sort of adapt to again um and 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 you know try and implement that on the pitch uh, S3, one of 18 clubs who've signed a letter and sent it off to the league saying they want the season to continue. So are you keeping yourself fit just in case? Yeah, do you know what? The club are putting on um, the club are putting on these, these sort of well-being sessions, really, both mentally and, and physically. And we can go in if we want to and, and try and um, try and keep ourselves at, at a level. Um, and so, yeah, so we're going from there. So with the hope that potentially there is there is an opportunity to do. I think it's you know looking at this mini league. Um, so you know, it's, I think we'll know in about two weeks' time, hopefully at the latest, what you know what whether that's being um, looked at by the league and whether that's being you know um, whether we're going to whether we're going to start doing that in the next two weeks. So 
I think at the moment there's still a, there's still a little bit of hope for that. But you know, you just can't with this current climate. You know, you can't just rely on anything really. You just you you live in you live in hope and and see what happens. Would you welcome something like that, a, a big league for everyone who, who wants to play on and, and just kind of keep going? Yeah, of course. You know, I think I think the situation because there's no repercussions for the teams that cannot play. Um, and have chosen to, you know, to be null and void, and and you know that they had to do that for their own personal reasons. And I, as I said before, I, you know, I understand that. Um, I understand there wasn't a clear outline of financing and funding for for the league um, prior to the season starting. So if there's an opportunity, you know, we've looked in that in that sense, those clubs have kind of got what they wanted, which was, you know, just to you cut your losses really. So if there's an opportunity for the clubs who wanted to continue. Um, we're obviously fortunate enough that we have, um, we were able to, you know, financially we were able to continue. So, and there was a f- obviously a few other clubs in that boat. So there's an opportunity to, you know, to earn, earn a promotion um, and fight it out to try and get back up into the National League. Then, yeah, of course, I think, we, you know, you'd welcome it. And just finally, I see you're studying sports journalism, so as well as obviously wanting uh, any of our jobs that are going, but has that been uh, affected as well by, by everything that's going on at the moment? Do you know what? Fortunately, um, it's, an, it's, an, uh, it's online. Um, it's all distance learning. So that has managed to continue a, a, as normal. Um, so, it's, you know, I, I've always said since I was, since I was younger, really, um, to try and have something outside of football as well, like alongside football, shall I say, um, you know, just in case you, you never know. And obviously, with this with this current climate and you know job redundancies at an all time high and stuff like that, you just never you just never know. Um, you know, most of the most of well, conference North and South straight away now are are going to be sort of furloughed and potentially out of a job with with clubs making budget cuts and stuff. So you just you never know what's around the corner. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm fortunate enough that that's managed to continue. Um, you know sort of doing a bit of studying in the evenings and stuff like that so it's um yeah I'm, I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones really I'm at the last time I spoke to Adam we were at Wembley uh, I've seen him play a few times since he's a really good player that's for sure but this season as you've heard him say there it's been really hard for everybody yeah it must be terrible if you're a player going into training are we going to be playing as you mentioned stop start to the season there and I wonder if one of the points he mentioned about you know players like looking at their stats you know is it Bingham scored about 12 goals? Could they, will they be wiped off his record? Um, yeah, it's it's frustrating as a player. Um, some of the, I don't know how you get around it. Um, again, clearly he's been doing some work outside football, but the stop-start must be a real kick in the teeth for him to just to not being able to do what he wants to do, which is to play football um, without, you know, no reason of his own. So he's been doing well this season. He's a good player, good talker. Um you know, taking away the, you know, they mentioned there, the mental health of the footballers has got to be involved as well. You know, you've got to keep them spot on and clearly Ebsfleet are doing that as well. Yeah, it was interesting that he said they are keeping some sort of well-being sessions together because if this all comes off, which I've, I've got a feeling, do you know, I've got a feeling something might come off. They need to be ready because they could be chucked into a situation where every point is, is going to matter. And I, I think it's, I, I do think it's a really interesting thing. And I think there's, there's got to be a. There can be a way of doing this, and I mean, do you, I don't think, know. do you think North and South will play? I think something will happen. I, I think this isn't the end. Right. I don't know so what. Where, I don't know if they're going to play. Yeah, uh, 
I don't know. I haven't got a crystal ball because if I had a crystal ball, we wouldn't have recorded yeah. the show last week before they announced the league was bloody oh, yeah. null and void, would we? Well, yeah. Well, as he said in that interview, he said something's going to happen in the next couple of weeks to fit, fit the games in. Mm. Um, from that point of view, so well, maybe with the situation getting a little bit better within the pandemic, could work in their favour. Absolutely, and, and the interesting stuff from Adam there on uh, on Dennis Katrib as well, the manager and the difficulties that the that Dennis has obviously faced with moving to a new country in the middle of a pandemic and trying to bring in a, a whole new style of play. And, and I've said that when I've seen Ebbsfleet a couple of times, they are playing completely different football uh, from from what they've previously played. And it is a, a matter of trying to fit in a style that's been obviously very successful in Germany and trying to make it work for National League South. Yeah, it must be. You, know, you never thought about it, Dennis. Can't go back to Germany, stuck here in Ebbsfleet. Um, must be really tough on him and his family life. Um, and all he again, all he wants to do is manage football matches to do and achieve his aim of getting them promoted. So, yeah, there's a lot more stories like Adam Mecky out there, isn't there? I think really, when you think about this, uh, the personal stories about players, etc., like that. Who, you know, what will happen to the clubs on this? Will they have? Will they be able to find clubs after it? So, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. And I think you know, clearly, Dennis has got the respect of his players there for what he said. He's said some good words for him. Um, and we'll just have to wait and see and see if they can get back going soon. Absolutely. And thank you to Adam for, for that interview. Really enjoyed chatting to him uh, and hopefully we'll speak to him again in the future. Uh, now, one thing that does seem to be for certain is that there will be no relegation from National League South, just as there wasn't last season. And that coupled with the announcement, there'll be no chance of crowds until May the 17th means that the committees in charge of steps three to six have met. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon, but editing it later this evening. Uh, but from a few sources, I've heard that a statement is due between now and when I'm editing this, uh, confirming that the Isthmian League and Scaffold and all the others at those at those levels are going to be declared null and void. However, I do understand there is a desire from the leagues to try and find a way to complete the pyramid restructure in time for the start of next season. So just in case you're not sure what the aim is, it, it is to get a proper, even pyramid structure. As well as the odd numbers of teams in the National Leagues, there are currently four feeder leagues into that, which makes perfect sense, but seven divisions into those four. It's therefore aimed to create an eighth division at that level, which is the same level as the Eastman Southeast, and then 16 leagues at step five, which is up from 14. And to facilitate that, there were plans for more promotions around the leagues to get everyone up to an even number and bits and pieces like that. Uh, I've spoken several times before about my belief that this needs to be done, and it needs to be done this season. There are teams in steps three, Four, five and six, who by any reckoning deserve to be promoted for what they've done this season and last season. To start those leagues for the third year running with exactly the same clubs, which would be really poor form if you ask me. I hope they can find a way to make it work and maybe use this horrible situation for, for some sort of good. Matt, Matt, would you welcome that if they find a way to promote those teams? I think it could be a way to sort of appease some of these clubs who've probably waited for the last couple of years to have sort of all the issues they've had of not getting promoted, the money they've involved. Again, do we trust anything from um, uh, uh, the leagues to sort this out, really? That's the other question we've got. I don't really understand how they can do it, but is that way we could have two two seasons put together and sides get promoted? Because the Conference South is looking for three more teams, isn't it? Exactly. So I, I think this is the, this is the opportunity. They've got an opportunity to look at this and say, right, you know, let's not relegate anybody by these means, but let's promote some teams and get the this pyramid where we want the pyramid to be and find a way of doing it. And, and it can be done and it would it would just refresh everything. And I think, you know, if you're looking, don't get me wrong, the Eastman League Southeast is, is a very 
Kent heavy league. And, and we love that about it. So many Kent teams in there, so many familiar teams in there, but it is exactly the same teams that started the, the 19, 20 season could finish the 21, 22 season. And that just, there's no progression in that. You know, it happened once in the Premier League when the same three teams got relegated that got promoted the previous season and vice versa. But it just it just takes a bit of the shine off it. And and I, I worry about fatigue. You know, some of these clubs thinking, oh, here we go. Oh, look, we've got to play all these teams again this season. I, I just think it's a really good opportunity with no pressure. They've got six months to think about this realistically to, before anything's finalised, I suppose. Let's do it. Let's find a way of making it happen and get everything back even so that we've got the proper numbers of teams in all the divisions. No messing about with odds and, and whatever's. And let's just get this sorted out. Yeah, I, I think I think, it's, again, I think a lot of teams would um, would appreciate that the chance they've got from how they could get them promoted. And as you said, you cannot, um, you know, three consecutive seasons with the same amount of sides in there doesn't look um, very good on this. And I'm sure the league would be happy going on the scaffold's basis to say, right, yeah, thanks very much. You've done your time. You've been successful over the last two years. We're happy for you to go. So I think it's the right decision. Will they be able to organise this by August? I wouldn't have thought so. Not I the interesting the thing league. as well is I'd like, uh, I would like to see, you know, teams not forced to be promoted. If there's someone who doesn't want to be promoted, then don't make them, you know, let them stay. But if there's teams who are willing to get promoted, and my thing in the scaffold is that there are, prob- there are three teams who really deserve to be promoted over the past two years from the scaffold Premier Division, Corinthian, Sheppey and Chatham. And I can completely understand that if you're a smaller club in the scaffold, there's two of those teams you really don't want to see promoted just because of the number of people that they bring through your door on that one game a season. But I just, I just feel that football is all about promotion and relegation and to not have it for two seasons running is, is a little bit sad and frustrating. So hopefully uh, we can find a way to, to make it work, Matt. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm sure this will be again, it's all going to kick off from this point of view after very shortly, once we know where we're going. Um, but we need we need a bit of clarity. We need a bit of decision making to see where they go from. And fingers crossed that can happen. Yeah, um, two matches actually that we should talk about that have happened uh, on Saturday. Bromley were two 0 up and ended up drawing two two uh, with Maidenhead. A late goal for this and another draw uh, for Neil Smith's men on Tuesday night. One one at, at Boreham Wood. Understand they played pretty well there, uh, but just were unable to uh, to to get going. Uh, this Saturday, uh, Bromley are at home to Altrincham uh, in. The uh, in the nationally in the nationally Premier Division. So I just got confused with the dates there. Literally, all the days are running into one. Mm. And then Bromley play on Tuesday night as well. Seven o'clock kickoff for them uh, at uh, Sutton United, high flying Sutton United. Interestingly, on the BBC fixes, this is also what threw me. Uh, there are two Dover games listed, Matt, but both are are postponed. Uh, you're supposed to be at home to Maidenhead and Torquay, but both those games are off. Uh, also, were in the trophy weren't they? So made the, they rearranged the game. Yeah, and then on Tuesday night you're supposed to be away to Maidenhead. Um, we won't be. No, but this is the thing. Your understanding is Dover are just simply not playing, even if the league is carrying on. There's been no news from Dover. No, no, unless somebody's given them loads of money. Um, still haven't won that lottery, have you? No, no, it's still rolled over, mate. And then, um, <laughs> no, unless the league say you're going to be chucked out. But I think if it came to that, James Farmer will say, right, we, we know. Take me to the courts and see how it goes. But I still expect David to be playing conference. I don't think they're relegating two leagues, but I expect them to relegate, as I mentioned last week, one league. Yeah. Uh, just very quickly before we move on from 
from the football, just have a bit of a, a silly five minutes or so. A couple of things that need flagging up. Uh, Ramsgate, in there was a chance of winning £25,000 from Build Base to help build some new changing rooms for their youth players at Southwoods. Uh, I t- tweeted out the Southwood, obviously. I don't know why I said S on the end there, but Southwood. Uh, there has they're, they're in a vote uh, with a number of clubs. Uh, they've been high flying in it, but I think the vote is still open. So uh, I did tweet the link out on Friday from the uh, podcast Twitter account. Um, Ramsgate tweeted it out themselves. So keep an eye on that one. Give them a vote. And Gary Lockyer, uh, the Kennington striker who we spoke to um, uh, well, earlier this season, didn't we, about their great form. Uh, he is running a duathlon on behalf of the Mind Charity on the 21st of March. He's going to run 10K. Then he's going to do a 40 kilometer cycle and then he's going to run another 5k at the end. Uh, so great charity. I've, again, I've retweeted that link um, from Kennington Football Club. So if you do have any spare cash line about, then first of all, congratulations. But second of all, you could very happily donate it to Gary Lockyer, who is uh, a friend of the show. And uh, good luck to him with that challenge, uh, which he'll be taking part in next month. Uh, so we now know, Matt, the roadmap. Uh, I know that I've got another uh, 11 and a half weeks off. So that's a good start. Uh, I guess it makes no difference to you apart from the fact that there'll be two fewer people in your house in school hours. Uh, yes, nothing really changes, hopefully. Um, yeah, that, that, it's good news. They're going back. Um, my eldest daughter's got to be tested. So, But um, yeah, they, they, I think uh, I didn't see the... the press conference but everybody seems to think it was quite a measured approach of how we're going to get to so um my england scotland tickets and my england croatia tickets i think have probably gone out the window but i'll be amazed if there's ninety thousand the day after the czech for the czech republic game but we'll have to wait and see but yeah hopefully there's a little blink of light or clink of light coming out that we're going to be um getting out of this and which is good and for your business 17th of may is it yeah 17th of may so uh we were kind of expecting that. i always expected all the way through that we would be uh, three weeks after the top nine groups have all been vaccinated. But quite amazed at the speed in which vaccinations are, are varying across the uh, across the even the southeast, never mind the country, uh, because my dad is 63. He hasn't had his jab yet. But in Eastbourne, people in their 50s are being offered yeah. the jab already. And um, because of some mix up at the doctors, uh, someone who lives in my house had their jab at lunchtime today. Um, we think it's because she's been listed as a carer by the uh, but for when she was looking after her mum nearly four years ago. Um, but they offered her the vaccine. She booked it, went and had it done today. So oh, uh, we, we are 50 percent vaccinated in this house. Yeah, I think Thanet seems to be doing really well as well because we know people in the 60s and who've had it done and other people as well. So I think it depends where you live, really, how they're, well they're doing it. But um, we're slowly slowly getting forward from there. Have you had any your phone ringing off the hook since that time? Not exactly ringing off the hook. We've had a few bookings today and, and yesterday, so we are getting there. And, you know, people, I, I still think people will be a little bit hesitant, especially the nature of, of B&Bs as well. It, it's not something you would just, you know, self-catering, I'm sure every, all of those are ringing off the hook. But for us, it's a little bit more slowly, slowly catchy monkey. So I think people will still wait a little bit, but I, I'm sure that we'll end up having you, a good but time. Eat out anywhere else, can they really? Yeah, well, that's no. The, I mean, the pubs and restaurants open as well on the seventeenth in proper form. Right. So we wouldn't be able to open if they weren't open effectively, right, um, because of obviously the the serving people breakfast inside, uh, and we have no yeah. self catering facilities here as well. So uh, being on the telly always helps a little bit. So hopefully people I saw see us. That. Yeah, good plumping uh, of pillows, mate. Three times I had to do that. What well, didn't they like the first time? No, it's just for 
uh, just for various shots. Because obviously they did one from inside and one from outside yeah. and bits and pieces. But you know, the, the phone rung. I wasn't going to turn down the opportunity no. to get the get the place on the telly again. It worked. It second time it's happened. So you know, it's just uh, I, I feel really passionately about it. So it was a good opportunity to to talk about it. So uh, very pleased by that. I've been having a pain today because. We're trying to set up taking car payments with a machine. I've never had a machine here. And um, we take so few payments in person that we probably, I would say probably one a month, maybe two a month, absolute tops. So I decided to get one of those small machines, you know, just the little ones yeah. that just plug in and away you go. Honestly, the the information they've wanted from me has been an absolute nightmare. I've sent like three different things four or five times. It's still not been approved yet. And I've had to send, oh, honestly, that, that it has been an absolute pain. And, and it's making me think they may not be the company for me because if anything goes wrong, I tell you, that given the service that I've had from them this week, not I'm not well confident paid, they'd it? fix it. No, I've uh, already left them, actually. Oh, yeah. No, this is um, an actual card machine provider. Oh, wow. So um, we shall see what happens with that. But, yeah, it's been a lot of pain in the neck uh, this week. Not a lot else going on, really. I've been working, so there's not been much... Uh, telly watching. Uh, did have you watched Unforgotten before on ITV? Yeah, yeah, we have watched that. Oh, I'm so happy to have that back on on Monday. Really enjoyed that Monday night. It's very rare that I watch a program when it's on. We we're only about five minutes behind with that because I just I just really really enjoy it. Looking forward to seeing how that pans out. Um, but yeah, apart from that, we're just uh, muddling through really. And now we know we've got another twelve weeks of muddling on. It's just not really given us much. Uh, urgency to get on and get on with anything really no so um, yeah it's just yeah if we all just get through this and then we can move on from there really yeah exactly. and that's about it mate now isn't it I can't, i'm getting fed up talking about the national league please sort that out so we can get, move on i expect we'll be probably. talking about it again next week mate to be honest oh, yeah, yeah. that was the real difficulty with this week's show and and i genuinely you know we've both got plenty of good contacts in the national league but because we did such a good job in the last four or five weeks, I didn't really have any fresh voices that we could we could bring you. I've, you know, we've spoken to people at Dartford, we've spoken to Welling, we've spoken to Maidstone, we've spoken to Dover, um, we've spoken to Bromley. We had covered all of our bases, and then so this was kind of a bit of a curveball this week. So that's why we we managed to get in touch with Adam, and, and he was brilliant. So I'm I'm really glad we were able to do that and just try and give a different perspective because that's what we try and do with our interviews. You may think we just chuck this stuff together, but we do try and. Uh, think about getting a different a different angle on things and and trying to uh, get, understand everything from everyone's point of view and and so we are really grateful to Adam Mecky for his time there. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. You can uh, also find us on Facebook. Search for Kent Only Podcast. I'm at John Phipps eighty one. Scalacci's owner is at Matthew underscore Joe. Does uh, Scalacci have a Twitter account yet? No. Insta? No. Uh, that's my daughter set it up. No, she won't have anything. TikTok? Like that. Ooh, no. But no, she won't. She, she, that's it. Now that's. There'll be no mention of my dog unless he scores a winning goal in the World Cup final. Um, I, I, uh, I, I'm going to start a campaign. Hashtag get Skilachi on Twitter yeah. is going to be my be campaign. Be careful, though, because people nick dogs now. And it's really yeah, that's true. That's true. That is true. I, I was actually, I did very briefly try and find out if I could find Toto Skilachi's agent uh, and try and get Toto to comment on the fact that uh, uh, a dog had been named after him, but unfortunately I, I reached a dead end, but I did genuinely search that. So uh, I, I was thinking about you, Matt, you see, that's very nice of you. I'm nice, nice like that. Uh, and if anyone does know Toto Scalacci and, and fancies getting me uh, a quote about uh, 
about the dog. Also, if you happen to know Roger Miller and you want to voice your disappointment at missing out on being the uh, <laughs> being the name of Matt's dog, then by all means, do get in touch. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's show. It's been a bit of a, a random one, uh, ending with us talking about Roger Miller being upset about not having a dog named after him. Uh, thank you to Adam Mecky for his time. Thanks, of course, uh, to Matt Gerrard for giving up his time to have a quick chat. And we will speak to you all next week on the Kent Only podcast. Get down, Scalacci. Scalacci, get down. Good girl. <laughs>